great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. came up with that name. As a matter of fact, I did. I didn't have a choice. We're being sponsored. By who, Donald and Daisy? <laughs> hey, you don't want to be ducks? You'd rather be District 5, some stupid number? Better than some stupid animal. I'll have you know, Peter, that the duck is one of the most noble, agile, and intelligent creatures of the animal kingdom. But they're wimpy. They don't even have teeth. Neither do hockey players. Have you guys ever seen a flock of ducks flying in perfect formation? It's beautiful. Pretty awesome, the way they all stick together. Ducks never say die. Ever seen a duck fight? No way. Why? Because the other animals are afraid. They know that if they mess with one duck, they got to deal with the whole flock. Oh, I'm proud to be a duck. And I'd be proud to fly with any one of you. So how about it? Who's a duck? I'll be a duck. Yeah, me too. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles podcast, the podcast of talk culture where everyone has a story. I am your host, Elias. You can find me on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. My guest this week, you remember him from the movie Heavyweights and the cult classic The Mighty Ducks, Aaron Swartz. Aaron, welcome to the cave. What's up? Thanks for having me. Oh, what's uh, what's going on with you? Uh, nothing, man. Doing good. Doing, enjoying this beautiful California heat that I've been having for the past yeah. couple days. Yeah. What uh, what you been up to these days? Uh, anything exciting? Uh, still acting, still, still, uh, you know, knocking away at the acting. Um, I just actually just finished filming. I'm still filming another scene tomorrow with uh, another child uh, actor, Thomas Ian Nicholas, uh, doing a movie called Ad- Advent that he uh, he's co-producing, and he's got a. Uh, Penelope Ann Miller's in it, Sean Astin's in it, a uh, whole bunch of Jesse Garcia plays uh, another detective, I play a detective, so it's a fun little role that I got to hang out with uh, Thomas and Nicholas for a little bit, so yeah. I've been doing that. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, man, just staying busy. Did yeah. also played like a, a badass, like uh, kind of like a pimp character in a film called Pony Boy which is uh, produced by Emma Thompson and Stephen Fry, so oh. I'm psyched about that, too. Yeah, doing some interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, so let's get a little background info on you. Uh, where are you originally from? Born and raised in New York City, yeah. Upper West Side in New York City, before mm-hmm. it was the, uh, the uh, she-she Upper West Side that it is now. Yeah. So you started acting yeah. you know, young. You, know, you were probably, what, six, seven years old? I was yeah I was I was six years old I um I saw my brother in a play when I was around five or six and uh, 
immediately was like, I told my mom, I was like, I gotta, do, I want to do this. Like, she didn't even, she was like, whatever you want to do, and I literally uh, did it all, not on my own. I mean, she definitely helped, but I, you know, I would like see actors in the streets, and I would go up to them and ask them how to become a movie star. And, you know, I had like Michael Keaton write out a list for me. Oh, really? And, like, saw him in, yeah, I saw him in the street when I was like six or seven. Uh, doing one good cop, asked him to, like, how do I become a movie star? He's a little six-year-old. And so he literally took the time out, and him and Anthony LaPaglia took the time out and uh, wrote out a whole list to me. Wow. Which was pretty awesome. That's a, that, was and, like, um, that was, like, nice of him to do something like that, you know, to stop and just yeah, talk to you. It was so cool. And, you know, it helped. You know, by the time I was nine, I was, uh, I, you know, I, I did all the groundwork that they told me to do, and, you know, I went through all the boots that I had to do, and, by the time I was nine, I got an agent, and uh, uh, by the time I was ten, started going on auditions, like professional auditions, which is, you know, hard for people to get you know, at any time, and I was a nine-year-old getting professional auditions, and by ten, I uh, went into the Ducks and booked the Ducks. Yeah. And you were, you were like ten years old around that time for Mighty Ducks, correct? I was, yeah. It yeah. was, that was, the Pete and Pete was the first thing that I did. I did that, like I did one episode of that, and then I, uh, then I booked the duck, and I was like, from then on, it just, it was, yeah, just yeah. kept on going. Yeah. Um, I had some, I had some serious drive as a little kid. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a good thing. Before we start talking about the Mighty Ducks, like as a kid, what were you into? Was it just acting, or were you into other things too? Huh. Um, that's interesting. I, I, I think once I was, I well, I loved the. I started acting, um, I was in kindergarten, and I remember there was this kid that used to come to class named Richie, who, funny name, his name was Richie, because he was saying La Bamba all the time uh, from Richie Valens, and I remember just watching that movie when I was six, and, like, my first audition that I had, I sang La Bamba, so, like, I guess music, I was into music a lot when I was a kid, I, um... But yeah, once I was seven, I was just, I was completely obsessed with being an actor. Yeah. Like, everything else didn't matter. It was just acting. So, mm. yeah. I wasn't your, nor- I wasn't your average everyday uh, six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, so you were, you were, you were into, like, video games and stuff like that as a six-year-old. Oh, yeah, I was. I mean, at the time, I loved Nintendo. At the time, Nintendo just came out. Atari was out. Nintendo just came out. I loved music videos. I remember MTV yeah. was, you know pretty popular at the time for just music videos. I love music videos. Uh, I, oh, I went to go see Michael Jackson like three times at concert. Oh, that's awesome. I was kind of into, yeah, the Michael Jackson. <laughs> a regular, regular uh, kid in the early 80s, pretty yeah. much. Do you, rem- yeah. do you remember auditioning for the role of Dave Karp for uh, Mighty Ducks? Yeah, I do remember the audition. I, I don't think they had me audition for Carp in the beginning. I forget who they had me audition for, but I remember showing up and uh, they asked me if I knew how to ice skate. Of course, I said yes, but I had no clue. I've never ice skated before. Um, and yeah, they just gave me a couple lines and I walked in. I really, it really like happened very quickly. I had the audition, found out about it like the day before, went into this big office building that had tons of kids. It seemed like an open call. But it wasn't. But I went in there with tons of kids, and I remember just getting a callback and another callback and another callback, and like four callbacks later, uh, 
I get a phone call from one of the producers saying that I'm going to be uh, one of the ducks. Hmm. I mean, that's awesome. But how how was it working with the cast of like with Emilio and you know Joshua Jackson and the rest it was of the crew? Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really incredible. We were all you know kind of in the same boat. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen with it, but we but we all knew that there was a good there was a big. I, you know, I've, everything that I've ever done since, I've never had that feeling of, uh, like, uh, camaraderie or family. Like, when, when we wrapped the shoot, I remember everybody was in tears because it was just like, okay, here's this kind of bond, this family that we created over the past. It was like five months. It was a long shoot. Uh, so for like five months, almost half a year, we created this, lived next to each other. We saw each other every day. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay. Time to uh, time to get on with uh, life again, and you, you leave and you don't see them again. Yeah. And it's, uh, it was my first taste. I think as a as a child, it was the beauty of the business and kind of the, the sadness at the same time that comes along with it, where you yeah. create relationships with friends, and then all of a sudden those relationships, the friendships, kind of cease at the end of it. Yeah. Although with with the with all the ducks, they didn't really cease. I'm still good friends with everybody. Yeah. Did you have any prior uh, like ice skating to for the role? No. So you had to like no. you had to learn how to skate. I had to learn how to skate. That was a, we all lied. Everybody, all of us lied to the uh, cast directors, <laughs> the directors, and yeah. so we we all had to uh, we all they they scheduled the shoot to be only a four month shoot or three and a half month shoot. Ended up being almost five months because it was a good month of change for us, just five days a week, uh, eight nine hours a day, just going through like uh, hockey training. Ice yeah. Did you expect this to be a big hit like that when you were a young kid? I didn't. I mean, I didn't really know what to, like, you know, I was so young. I really didn't know exactly how things work. All I know is that I would show up and there was a big Panavision camera with film. The sound is like, you don't, you don't even hear that anymore because it's all digital. But the sound of the, of the camera, the big Panavision camera running, I thought to myself, oh, I made it. I'm in Hollywood, you know? So, like, at the time, I was just so happy to be where I was that I didn't really think about what was going to be or what was going to happen. But, you know, you never really know in any film yeah. unless, you know, unless it's, you know, like a big, yeah. big, huge ball. You never really know how it's going to turn out. But um, we knew we had something a couple months in with just the camaraderie of all of us. We knew we had something yeah. big there. Do you... um? Do you have any idea why you were left out in D2? Like, what was the direction that they wanted to take with D2? Yeah, actually, it's a funny story. The reason I was left out uh, is uh, in Part 2, it needed to be like a year or two later, and they needed to be in high school. Okay. Uh, all of us were primarily the same age. I was part of the younger crowd, so it was me, Jesse Smollett, Danny Tamborelli, Jesse Smollett is now an empire, Danny Tamborelli competing Pete and all that. Um, we we were part of the crew that were a little younger looking and we didn't really age quickly. Hmm. We still looked like we were, you know, in, uh, in fourth grade when they needed to film the second movie. So it didn't work out. They needed to bring in other characters and they also needed to make sure that everybody was the same age. Yeah. So... That was primarily the main reason. Hmm. There's a, there's rumors floating around for like a Mighty Ducks TV series. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, yeah, 
there's uh, apparently it being written. They don't. They're not giving us a lot of information because they don't. I think they're still trying to shop it around, or it's been picked up. And you know, actors honestly don't really get a lot of that information until it's like greenlit, ready to go. Yeah. But there's a lot of you know the behind the scenes negotiating and all that stuff going on. But I know there is one written. Uh, Stephen Brill and Jordan Kerner is the executive producer. Stephen Brill is the writer, and he's also the writer and director of Heavyweight. Um, he, I think they they wrote I think a full series. Um, so it's up in the air right now. Yeah. It, it possibly could happen. It possibly could not. You yeah. know, this way Hollywood works. But if it does, fingers crossed. I you might see me again on TV. There you go. Do you remember what's the yeah. f- funny? Do you remember like what's the funniest thing that happened to you on on the set of Mighty Ducks? Oh, I mean, I know there's some crazy stories. I mean, I wouldn't say the funniest. I could tell you in a, like a crazy story about me and J.D. Daniels, who plays Pete. Um, he, I, we were, like, practicing throwing um, footballs. There's a big a way to uh, teach people how to ice skate is to have them throw footballs uh, at each other, and they kind of you figure out how to, like, you know, maneuver with your skates. Um, J.D. fell, and I accidentally light open his pinky finger Oof. like it almost it almost fell off and to sew the whole thing back on wow that was one crazy incident <laughs> um something funny i mean there's a lot of funny stuff i mean i'll tell you like the the funniest stuff was just um you know brandon quentin adams who was also in sandlot he played um jesse he was a prankster big-time prankster, and him and Emilio used to prank a lot of people. <laughs> so there were a lot of pranks going on. But, um, yeah, it was, you know, just regular shenanigans on set. Yeah. Nothing crazy. So after after uh, Mighty Ducks, you were casted in Heavyweights, you know, and that was another hit for, you know, kids our age back then. Tell us about the addition of that. Oh, yeah, yeah that was interesting. Um, Steve Brill, and that was Judd Apatow's first film. Uh, Steve Brill and Judd Apatow decided to like to join forces and and co-write a film about a fat camp, and um, it came together pretty nicely. Ben Stiller got signed on, and they were looking for some hefty kids to join the cast. And uh, I originally jo- uh, auditioned for Josh, which was uh, Sean Weiss who played the goalie and Doc Goldberg. He played Josh in it, but I I originally auditioned for that role, and. Um, it ended up happening. We just auditioned a bunch, went in a couple times. Uh, we went straight to Judd and Steve because they knew us from the Ducks, so we didn't have to do any of the pre-auditions. But after a couple of auditions, we uh, did a screen test in L.A., and uh, they figured out all the characters, and it was fun. Like, right then I knew if, if I did book it, it was going to be a blast, and yeah. it was. I had, a, I had a great time, and luckily got to land the role of the lead character. Yeah. Do you feel like you were targeted because you know back then when you were a little kid you were in the, on the chunky side? Uh, there was there was definitely some you know I definitely had a little bit of a complex you know when I was in school I definitely got a little little bit of, I made fun of a little bit but I also went to a school that was four actors and there were a bunch of actors there so literally it wasn't the same as going to a regular school there they were I was surrounded by other people in the industry. And they, they didn't really bother me that much. Yeah. Plus, actually, after booking uh, Heavyweights, it kind of helped uh, people from making fun. It helped people to 
not make fun of me. They, yeah. Nobody was making fun of me anymore after that. I kind of felt, you know, it was more people were in awe that I had booked a movie about <laughs> being fat, yeah. you know? So yeah. it was kind of cool, actually. Yeah. I saw on Instagram that you guys were doing Blu-ray commentary for the movie. Yeah, that was a while ago. That was a, a throwback that I did. Okay. Um, that Blu-ray was done, I think, around five, in like 2000, the end of 2013. Um, and a lot of people don't know about it because I just I don't think there was a ton of publicity around it. I know Judd threw stuff out here and there, but there wasn't Instagram at the time, or he wasn't on Instagram. But, uh, yeah, there's a big Blu-ray. It had me, uh, Sean White who was the goalie, and uh, Josh. It had Tom Hodges, who played um, Lard, um, Steve Brill, the writer, Judd Apatow, and we all sat around and just talked about everything, and it was amazing. I mean, Judd kind of led the whole, the whole thing. He was definitely the director of the whole uh, the commentary, but it was really interesting to hear certain things that I never knew, you know? Like, they, 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 there's, like, things like... Um, like, who was originally going to play uh, Pat, the counselor? Um, uh, you know, other people, like how Peter Berg and Paul Fee got involved. How Alan Covert, who was also there, who's now part of Happy Madison production, how he got involved. And was, he originally was an assistant for Judd and ended up, they ended up writing him a role. Like, there's all these, like, really cool tidbits. Uh, on the Blu-ray, and so I, I think anybody who's a huge fan of Heavyweight should definitely grab the Blu-ray and yeah. listen to the commentary. It's a lot of cool information. So after that, you took a little break in acting. Uh, what made you decide to take a break, and how did you get back into it? Um, you know, I think I worked a lot when I was from the time I was a little kid until I was about 15, 16. I was working a lot, and I think I got to the point where I just kind of wanted to take a little bit of a break. I didn't know exactly how to do it, so I kind of just got up and walked away from it. Uh, my brother was in Israel at the time. He was just—he decided to go out to Israel to learn out there, and I went to go visit him and ended up staying in Israel for a couple of years. Uh, came back and thought maybe acting wasn't the route I wanted to take, so I got into um, I got into real estate and uh, marketing for a while. Did that for a couple of years, made some good money, but ultimately just didn't feel fulfilled. And uh, ended up uh, getting back into the business when I was 26. <clears throat> so I saw that in, in your 20s you did get a, uh, you were had a role on Gossip Girl. Uh, you know, was that like a, a big change for you to get something like that after you came back into acting? Yeah, it was, you know, when I was 25, I remember I was like, maybe I want to get back in this business. And I remember, like, taking a class and, like, starting to go on a couple of auditions. And I was so rusty. And there was so much, like, fear and anxiety. And I, I realized, oh, man, I've been out of this so long. I didn't feel comfortable. So it took me a little while. It took me about a year to really get, like, the hang of it again. And when I booked Gossip Girl, it was, it was definitely a, a big change in the game for me. I was able to get more experience, more set experience. And, you know, I was, I did about 16 episodes in Gossip Girl, so yeah. that really got me, you know, surrounded by professionals, and it was just a well-oiled machine that really was kind of like a crash course in, in acting once again, and it got me right back into it. Yeah. Do, uh, do people recognize you in the streets from the movies of Mighty Ducks and Heavyweights? You know, it's funny, some from Gossip Girl I've been getting a lot of uh, from Gossip Girl because I, you know, I was older at the time. But most recently, I have been getting recognized from heavyweights in the Ducks, and primarily through social media. I think I think it just because I've, I've 
made myself have a little bit of a social media presence. I think people are starting to recognize me as the kid from heavyweight. Yeah. So I, I'll get it once in a while, somebody coming up to me and being like, aren't you the kid from heavyweight? Yeah. Which is wild, because <laughs> I wouldn't expect them to recognize me. But yeah, most recently I've had a little bit of that. Yeah. How did you, uh, what did you do to lose the, the weight and getting into shape? Um, I, I liked girls when I was 16, so I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to go out on more dates, I think. Yeah. Um, that was one, that was definitely a big inspiration. Um, also, I, you know, I, when I was young, when I was about seven, I wasn't very heavy. When I was about nine, I started getting heavy. And I think throughout a couple of years, I really got nice and chunky and I just didn't, I don't know, I've always, I've always kind of, kind of been into health. And I just realized, you know, I was raised a vegetarian. My mom was kind of a health food nut. My dad owned health food stores. So, like, I always was aware of the fact that I wasn't feeling great, didn't look great. And uh, it was just a matter of time that I was like, I need to, you know, it was more about health than let me get rid of my belly. Yeah. But then I, you know, I had 16, 17, and I started getting made and wanting to look like everybody else's six-pack. So I started putting the work in. Yeah. So these days you, you're been, you've been busy, you know, with acting and everything. How do you try to improve your acting skills every day? Do you still take classes or? Yeah, I did take classes. I'm realizing now one thing that really helps me is improv. Okay. And even though I'm not in an improv class, I did start a podcast uh, with a friend called The Gay Straight Debate. The podcast, I mean, as you know, podcasts, when you have to interview people, when you have to come up with content, when you have to, you know, kind of like kind of throw things out there on the fly, Surprisingly, that really does help acting. I've gone to auditions like right after I've done a podcast, and uh, it really keeps it keeps your brain firing those synapses yeah. in a different way that really helps acting. So I think a lot of the acting just comes along with experience and understanding the technique and audition technique. But then a lot of it is keeping your uh, keeping your brain, you know, fresh and ready to go. And I and I think doing the podcast really helps me. Yeah. Do you do you enjoy doing the Do you enjoy doing the podcast? I loved it. It's really it, it's really it's actually very hard. You know, getting guests. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of groundwork that I didn't think was going to be. So, um, I definitely admire anybody who has a podcast and that makes it work because it's a lot of work that goes into it. You got to edit the podcast. You know, you have to edit the podcast afterwards. Think of ideas. Think of subjects. Bring up people, and you know, and the podcast that I have. It's called the Gay Straight Debate. Uh, my friend is gay and I'm straight, and it has nothing to do with like sexual preference, really. It really has to do with just our views on topics okay. coming from a straight man and a gay man. And it's really difficult to create relative, interesting, entertaining topics on a constant basis. So yeah. it's a challenge, but yeah. I enjoy it. I do. Uh, you guys are available like on all podcast platforms. Yeah, right now it's Spotify, iHeartRadio. I'm not sorry, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and I think it's about to be on Spotify as well. Okay. But uh, yeah, we took we took a two week hiatus. Uh, my friend took a break, and I had to film a couple things. But we're getting probably starting back up within the next week. Or two. Mm. And we've had some cool guests. We've had Jonathan and Blake Lip Nikki from um, from um, Jerry Maguire. We've had Paul Walter Hauser from Itanya. We've had some interesting music guests that we have like a live YouTube channel that shows some of the music guests. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so it's a fun, fun, cool podcast. Yeah. So, uh, 
what are what are some of your future projects that you're uh, i know you mentioned a few things in the beginning of the podcast with thomasy and nicholas do you have any other uh, projects you're working on yeah so the other one is pony boy uh which is um it's a short film but um we got uh emma thompson producing that one so that that looks like it might be turned into a full feature which is going to be fun um, and other than that, other than that, just you know, auditioning, auditioning away, yeah, and uh, you know, trying to uh, stay busy, there you go, and enjoying life. All right, and uh, how can the listeners find you on social media? So yeah, um, Aaron Schwartz Eleven. Um, nobody really does anything except for IG anymore, right? So I guess that's the only thing. You, so it's, uh, Instagram is Aaron Schwartz Eleven. So it's A A R O N S C H W A R T Z Eleven. Um. That same thing with uh, Twitter, probably the same thing with Facebook. Um, and you can also find Gay Street Debate, uh, G-A-Y-S-T-R-A-D-E-B-A-T-E. That's also on uh, Instagram. You can find that whole uh, Instagram site there and listen to some of those uh, podcasts. All right. I want to thank you for coming on. This was a blast talking about the old movies and, you know, your career and everything. And uh, just keep on hustling. You got it, man. You too. All right, have a good one.